0: lights are out Curry gets it. the lights go
3: out the game is over and we're here to pick up the pieces this is warriors wrap up on 957 the game
0: 1.4 on the clock ball flipped away by Tyus Jones ball game's over the series is over and for the first time in 3 years the golden state warriors are going back to the western conference finals final score Warriors 110, Memphis 96.
1: Golden State wins the series four games to two. And what a night inside Chase Center as the Warriors finally vanquish the Memphis Grizzlies in six games. You hear the final call there from Tim Roy right here on 95 7 the game, and the Warriors are on to the Western Conference Finals. Not only Uh, for the first time in three years since 2019, but for the sixth time in eight years. And I think uh, in a lot of ways, it kind of feels like with the last couple of years and and the pandemic, uh, haven't been normal years. This is really the first pretty normal postseason that the NBA has had since 2019, and there are the Warriors right back on the the biggest stage here and into the NBA version of the Final Four. Who will the Warriors play? Well, we're going to have to Wait and find out on Sunday evening uh, because the Suns and the Mavs still have a game seven uh, to determine who's going to win the other Western semifinal series uh, with obviously the Suns, the favorite there, but the Mavs have been all the Suns could handle. So that game is Sunday evening. Uh, at 5 o'clock, and then Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals to be played Wednesday, either in Phoenix if the Suns win on Sunday night, or in Chase Center if the Mavs win on Sunday night. That tip will be at 6 p.m., uh, and of course, you can hear it right here on ninety-five seven. The game, so eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. As we react to this one, uh, the Xfinity mobile text line is open. You can also give me a call. Got to keep it rolling here. Uh, as long as the people want to talk about this one, as the Warriors get the job done, one ten to ninety six. And and where do you even begin in this one? Uh, I, I think you have to begin with Game Six, Clay, and and they're just it was so many heroes tonight for the Warriors, but I think you do have to start with, with game six Clay uh and and the shooting display that, that he put on, especially early in the ball game. Uh, Clay Thompson able to play in a in a game six of the playoffs for the first time since the night in two thousand nineteen when he went down with the ACL injury and, and he was just on fire at the beginning when the Warriors needed to be on fire at the beginning of the game and we we're talking before the game and you know, what's what's the best path to victory for the Warriors in in this one and for me it was for all the discussion about about defense and rebounding and physicality and I was talking to a few people before the game I said hey what if this is the night where the Warriors go out and they make 15 18 23 pointers and they just they just shoot it. You know, it seemed like they were due for one of those games where they were just going to shoot it well regardless of, of how the opposition was going to defend them, and they saved it for a pretty big night, uh, and Clay Thompson saved his best performance of, of this series for the beginning and the end of the series. Obviously, the game winner in game one, uh, and he puts the Grizzlies away uh, as he ends up tonight with 30 points, but 11 of them. Uh, for Klay Thompson in the first quarter. Knocked down three of three from three-point range. I thought the Warriors set the tone for this night in the first quarter by knocking down seven of 13 from three, it would go on to be a 23-point make night, a 20 of 53, and the Warriors needed a lot of those to, to really prevent themselves from getting down by any more uh, than seven. Largest lead in the ball game for the Grizzlies was seven, but yeah, Klay Thompson, the 11 points in the first quarter, and then you look at Klay Thompson, uh, a big third quarter as well uh, for Clay. He had 10 in the third quarter. Uh, after the Warriors got off to the hot start, they cooled a bit from three but then picked it up. Steph Curry had a couple of big threes uh, in, a, in a stretch uh, there uh, right before the half as the Warriors you know, continued to, to make their run after going cold for a little bit. Uh, there was a 14 nothing run for the Grizzlies uh, after the Warriors had been up seven. The Warriors found themselves down seven. Uh, and, but then the Warriors, some huge, huge minutes, uh, a 9-0 run themselves to, to close the half and, and take the lead back from the Grizzlies at the half it wasn't going to be a night where the Grizzlies were going to run off and build some kind of lead and 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 hide uh next up Andrew Wiggins unbelievable two-way effort Wiggins hit a couple of massive shots uh late in the shot clock really three of them two very late in the shot clock in the fourth quarter and those were, were huge buckets, but the defense, and you're not going to want to miss what Mike Brown had to say about Andrew Wiggins' defense, but the defense tonight, the intensity, the the fervor, the rebounding uh, ability, uh, and everybody crashing and, and helping the glass. Andrew Wiggins, unbelievable uh, in this one, and the Warriors needed the, the grit and grind. How about 70 rebounds for the Golden State Warriors tonight? 70 rebounds, uh, and... They were led in that category by Kavon Looney, who was put back into the starting lineup. Uh, another move that was discussed, and I know I threw it out on Twitter, that would have been my move for, for, for this one. Get Kaminga out of there. Uh, it didn't work for the, the couple of games that that he was uh, in the starting lineup. Go back to steady. Let Let Kavon Looney get on the boards. Let Kavon Looney try and bang with Steven Adams. And that's exactly what he did. You talk about Klay Thompson's first quarter in terms of scoring. How about Kavon Looney's first quarter in terms of rebounding? 11 rebounds for Kavon Looney in the first quarter. He winds up with 22 on the game. And the Warriors wind up with 70 for the game. They out-rebound the Grizzlies 70-44. to And that's the most rebounds in an NBA playoff game In 39 years, you got to go all the way back to May the 4th of 1983 when the Spurs had 75 against Denver. Uh, The Warriors uh, got right back on the Grizzlies on the boards, and I think if there is a story of this series now that it's it's all said and done, it it really is the, the way that the Warriors were able to Really, the first three games of the series and then in the game tonight, uh, just just get the Grizzlies off the boards, match the physicality, and not let an area where the Grizzlies can be extremely effective dominate. Uh, and, and the Warriors also won the points in the paint battle uh, again tonight at 36-34. to 34. So how did Kevon Looney wind up in the starting lineup? Well, I'm not going to wait for Mike Brown uh, to, to say it, although we will play the audio from it coming up here. Uh, but Steph Curry and Draymond Green went to the coaching staff as they wanted to discuss, you know, what do we do? And Steph and and Draymond said, let, start Looney. Let, let, let's let put Looney back in the starting line. With Otto Porter likely to be out at that point, and I thought it was funny. Mike Brown said they actually started talking about it during Game 5 because Game 5 had gotten so out of hand. But the call to get Looney back in there, to not worry about whether Looney and Draymond could play together, or whatever, and to just to just trust somebody that's been a part of the championship core, uh, as much as Steph and 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 Clay and and Draymond have to to a lesser extent. But the the last you know toward the back end of that run of five finals in a row, Kevon Looney was massive. He was huge, and he winds up with twenty two rebounds uh, in the game, and really helped set the tone for what wound up being a seventy to forty four advantage for the Warriors on the board. So 888-957-9570, 888 New feature on the program uh, here tonight uh, that's going to be running uh, through the playoffs, uh, our hero of the game presented by Handyman Heroes. Your problem is solved. Handyman Heroes delivers the highest quality service to each and every client. Save the day and call in the heroes. Visit handymanhero.com es E S and so many heroes for the Warriors in this one as we debut this feature here on Warriors wrap up I-, I got I got to give I got to give the nod to game six clay who lived up to the billing as, as he always does and has so many times I'm giving it to Kavon Looney for the career uh, the the, the career high 22 rebounds and the tone in setting a 70 to 44 advantage that the Warriors would have and basically saying they weren't going to get pushed around anymore by the Grizzlies and Andrew Wiggins, who was just a terror on defense. uh, Awesome, awesome effort for Wiggins on defense team high plus 20 winds up with 18 points, knocked down three of five from three point range, 11 boards. I mean, just the quintessential Andrew Wiggins performance there. So uh, our, Heroes of the game, uh, it's going to be threefold tonight. Clay Thompson for his performance, Andrew Wiggins for his performance, and you can't shake Kevon Looney, uh, who played 35 minutes. And how about Mike Brown going with the eight-man rotation tonight? Uh, would somebody else be playing because the Warriors were down Gary Payton II and Andre gadala and Otto Porter? Uh, uh-uh. uh. In fact, fewer players played than in any other game in the postseason for the Warriors. A little bit of Bielitsa off the bench. Little bit of Damian Lee off the bench. Uh, Jordan Poole got his 24 minutes, and you look at the Warriors closing that this series out with a, another different lineup than the way that they closed out the Denver series. If you remember, it was it was Gary Payton II and Otto Porter helping to close things out uh, with Steph and Clay and and Draymond against the Nuggets as they ground their way down. Uh, and and, and won that series in in a fifth game here in Chase Center a couple weeks ago. And tonight it was another lineup, the more traditional starting lineup for the Warriors with Looney out there. And Mike Brown really riding Steph and Clay both over 40 minutes. Clay Thompson, 42 minutes. Andrew Wiggins, 41 minutes. Draymond played 38 minutes. I think that's a pretty good tell uh, about how – Badly, the Warriors wanted to avoid making another trip to Memphis with the raucous atmosphere there. Uh, and then how about Chase Center tonight? I thought Chase Center tonight lived up to the billing. Uh, into it from the beginning, uh, <laughs> into it down the stretch uh, with, with an opportunity to for the Warriors to put the Grizzlies away as they did in the fourth quarter outscored. Memphis 32-19 in the fourth. There was a 23-10 close that was directly corresponding to when Andrew Wiggins came back into the game. And uh, the Warriors were up 87-86 at that point, 23-10 the rest of the way. It all adds up to a 110-96 final. And the Warriors are on to the conference finals. For the sixth time in eight years, and the first time since 2019. Eight 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 nine five seven nine nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That is the phone number to participate in the program. To give me a call or shoot me a text here. Warriors wrap up on 957. The game. Uh, also wanted to along the lines of the fans, and before we get to the calls here, uh, and we do have a couple of lines open right now. Six and zero now for the Warriors in the playoffs inside Chase Center. So I know there's been a lot of discussion about the atmosphere and and you know some games have been better than others to this point. I thought the two closeout games were, were particularly good uh, and and but 6 and 0 is 6 and 0. And you look at the Warriors now still uh, have yet to lose in the postseason in this building and that's going to be huge whether they take on the Suns or the Mavs uh, as their opponent to be determined. All right, let's get uh, let's get Mr. Hard up first here on Warriors wrap up with J D inside Chase Center on 95.7 the game. What's going on, Mr. Hard?
4: Yes, yeah, yes, sir. My you, you call me Wayne. Fantastic, fantastic win calling from the great state of Florida, longtime Warriors fan. Um just fantastic, great show. Please, please, please. I'm hopeful the Warriors will listen to Steph. And Draymond, no more Kaminga. I'm sure Kaminga is a fantastic young man, great future. But at this point in the playoffs, we need the championship DNA of Kavon. We need the experience of Oscar Porter. If he's able to come back, please, no more Kaminga.
1: All right, I appreciate the call. I don't know that it's no more Kaminga, but I think at this point – uh, and look, it's not an indictment on, on the career that Jonathan Kaminga is going to have. I mean, that's not really the, the, the way I wanted to come out and, you know, ha- have this thing start. But he didn't play well. I mean, that's just the reality. He did not play well in this series, and it didn't work when the Warriors inserted him into the starting lineup. I thought he would play tonight. I really did. Uh, but look, when the chips are down, you go veteran and you shorten the rotation. And that's what a shortened rotation looks like it, you know you don't play the young players in the biggest game of the year when you're trying to avoid an elimination game on the road so you look at that now and that's exactly what Mike Brown and the coaching staff and Steph and Draymond everybody was on the same page not an indictment of the career that Jonathan Kaminga is going to have I think he's got an extremely bright future it's obvious but not his game tonight and that's okay because it allowed Kevon Looney to go out there and grab 22 rebounds and allowed the Warriors to get off to their best start of the series tonight with the four-point lead at the end of, of one, and, and the ball was moving, and, and they hit seven threes in the first quarter uh, as well. 8 at 8, Bobby G in the city up next here on five seven. The Game. Hey, Bobby G. Yo, J.D., you hear me? I got you loud and clear, Bobby G. What well, you got, man?
5: Ooh, Loud and clear, Bobby. Warriors fans, we are excited tonight. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to go to the game, but man, it was a all around team effort. I think. I think Wiggins, honestly, the most consistent throughout. Like I've never seen him. How many How many years has he played? Like five, six, seven. I've never seen yes. him through two, three, four weeks. Of intense playoff basketball that he's not used to, and I've never seen him doing it this during the regular season. Because I'm a betting man, and his over/under rebounds in the regular season was like three. He's been going for double-digit rebounds, so that goes out to him. Hit a couple big threes at the end, but we all know Clay. Like I had no doubt, Game Six Clay is still in him, and he showed us. Draymond, you know, after a bad game, like, if you're a longtime Warriors fan, you know he's going to come back hard. You know he's going to do his job. How many rebounds he gets? Defensive stop. But we all knew we needed Curry to end it because – or or at least in the fourth quarter to score because Dylan Brooks, who would have thought 30 points? And was it efficient? Was it efficient thirty? It was timely thirty, like the way he scored. And yeah, he I mean, he, met, did, he was it,
1: matching Clay Thompson three for three there for a little bit, Bobby. And well, thanks for the call, Bobby G. We'll appreciate it. We'll keep it moving here at eight at eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero. Yeah, Dylan Brooks was he, he had a good ball game offensively. Uh, and the Grizzlies needed it. And look, you do have to give the Grizzlies a lot of credit. I know tonight's about the Warriors, and tonight's about vanquishing the Grizzlies, and tonight's about moving on to the Western Conference Finals for the first time in in three years and for the sixth time in eight years. But yeah, I, I do think you need to take a quick moment to give a nod to the Grizzlies, who did lose their best player in the middle of the series and still fought and scratched and clawed and and darn near won a couple of games at Chase Center. The Warriors, too much for them down the stretch in Game 4 and Game 6 and then put a thumping on the Dubs uh, in Game 5 back uh, in in Memphis. But there was no – you felt like the Warriors were going to have to break the Grizzlies uh rather than the grizzlies were just going to fold and the warriors were able to do that with the a couple of just massive sequences down the stretch in the game uh with you know Wiggins had a 3 then he had a steal and a dunk and then he had a stop on on brooks uh, as they were they were kind of going one on one and that led Draymond to hit Steph who who buried a 3 and that was that was the dagger that was the that was the dagger 3 uh for me it's big 7 Point stretch right there to where the Warriors for the first time got a little bit of separation. And at that point, uh, it was just, you know, you knew that the Warriors were, were probably going to have enough to, to close it out. 888, 957, 9570. Gary and Danville next year on 957 the game. Hey, Gary. Hey, JD. Hey, I am
6: going to beat the, the, the Wiggins drum. Two way Wiggs
1: was awesome all series long.
6: He was a beast in game four a beast again tonight if you go back and you watch i watched the replay of game four just all over just hustling to the ball anytime a ball went up he's down there trying to get the rebound he was an absolute beast and i wish he would get more credit more credit from the afternoon hosts i know a couple of them are, are appreciative of him but he, he was absolutely awesome and i know that you know watching the game tonight there was a couple plays where afterwards uh draymond and Steph were in his face and all, you know, extremely happy and trying to get him pumped up. But uh, it was so fun to watch. I was going to ask you, do you know any any news about uh, Peyton, uh, whether or not he's potentially next round or potentially, uh, um, you know, the finals, if at all possible?
1: Yeah, I know uh, I know the original word was that it was going to be a, a couple of weeks as, as far as when his reevaluation was going to be. So I'll I'll dig that up again, but there hasn't been anything new since the original reevaluation. So you got to go all the way back to to game 2, which was what 10 days ago and yeah, you you look at that and and you see you know, where the Warriors kind of kind of go from there as far as when he's going to be reassessed. And I know the, the point at which he was going to be reassessed uh, was May the 5th. So it was after game two, the the little break in between game two and, and game three of this series. Uh, at that point, they said that he would uh, be reevaluated in two weeks. So you go back to May 5th and they said that Peyton the would be reevaluated in two weeks, so the next update on Peyton would be this coming Thursday. So, in between Game One and Game Two of the Conference Finals, would be the next update on on what's going on with with Gary Payton the I, I I'll tell you another thing, just as far as Otto Porter Jr. Uh, being able to win this game without Otto Porter Jr. and now get him uh, what will amount to the four days off because the Warriors are not going to play Saturday or Sunday. Uh, or Monday, or Tuesday, Uh, now he gets an opportunity to get a little bit of a break as the Warriors have given given him a little bit of a break throughout the course of the regular season. It was becoming concerning, the every other day component of this thing, and Porter having to play more minutes, more stressful minutes, and the Warriors able to get him a little bit of a breather there, which I think is is good for the next series uh, as you start to shift gears. Uh, along those lines, let's get Robin in San Francisco next year on ninety-five-seven. The game. Hey, Robin.
7: Hey, thanks for having me. I know I call you after every game. I went to this game. Uh, I tell you what was really noticeable was Andre Iadala's three-piece uh, funeral suit. Okay. Oh my. <laughs> me and my brother was cracking. <laughs> did you catch that suit, Andre? I did. I did. I swear, I said, Andre, I mean, it was a clean suit, but I swear, remind me of something you were to a funeral, okay, J.D.? But I have to tell you this, Wiggins, th- th- this truly was a strength in numbers game. I have to go back and watch it at home, because I was there caught up in the moment, and I'm like, I said to myself, how did we win this game? But it came down to execution, and it came down to really... Even Bill Lisa pitched in, okay, he really did, with the little time he was in. But let me tell you something that went unnoticed that nobody's talked about. Looney was out there not only rebounding J.D., he was setting some damn good screens, some hard screens that got Clay open. Did you see him out there, that first screen? He actually pushed dude down, my brother said. He pushed him down. He meant to let him know he was here. I'd just like to to comment on that. He was out there setting some magnificent screens. He got called for an illegal one. A couple more illegal ones, too. But anyway, peace out, good wind. And Vontae actually saw me. I was waving at him through the window. Love you, JD. Bye
1: appreciate it Robin. Robin, I, I need to know when Robin you're coming to a, a game in the future cuz I want to meet you, Robin. I want I want to meet you. I want to say hi to you. I want to talk to you a little bit. Uh and and you know, maybe have a little, you know, just have a little show. We could we could do our own little couple minute show. Uh you know, b- before or after a game sometime. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, Looney, he just he brings a lot of frankly what Stephen Adams had brought to the Grizzlies over the 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 fourth and the fifth game of this series he he just has an ability at five assists he was even a ball mover tonight for all the conversation about him and Draymond and how you know the, there's two people that 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 you don't have to guard he was able to to keep the ball moving a little bit in addition to. Uh, the 22 rebounds and 11 offensive rebounds for Kevon Looney. So the Warriors got back to an area where they were really successful in the first three games of this series, which was hitting the Grizzlies in a way where the Grizzlies traditionally have hit other opponents and hit the Warriors in Game Four and Game Five. Tony in Oakland next on 95.7. The game 8 eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero. Hey Tony, what's going on, Tony? Tony, you there, man? Turn that radio down, brother. I'm here. What do you got, man? Turn that radio down. All right. See you, Tony. 888-957-9570. Yeah, just turn that radio down. We got a little, little delay going. Just talk directly to me into the phone. We're good to go. You know, Radio 101 for the last, I don't know, 40 years. Uh, but that's all right. Appreciate it, Tony. We'll give you another shot if you want to check back in. Uh, AJ. In the bay. AJ, you're on ninety-five-seven the game. What's up, AJ?
8: Yo, 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 J D, what is up, my brother? Hey. What's listen, going on, man? The Warriors hit on the five the Warriors hit on the five key things that they needed to hit on tonight. One, Steph had to get going early on. Check. Two, Draymond had to start putting up points and being more aggressive. Check. Three, we needed Kevon Looney in that starting lineup to help grab boards, especially with big boy Steven Adams in there. Check grabbing 22 boards. That's a monster playoff performance. Three, we needed game six, Clay, and he showed up, didn't disappoint. Game six showed up like a stud, and 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 you know, and to top that all off, too, um, getting everybody else involved. Two way Wiggins was a monster and a beast all series long. Yeah, he was kind of off with the shot early, but I'll tell you, when it counted and he needed to make big plays, he was making big plays, he was hitting big shots. He was put in the position to win and to do things. That's why this team is not just making the Western Conference Finals, not just making the finals. We're winning this thing. We're winning another chip and showing the rest of the league why this team is a dynasty, not just a fly-by-night team, not just a -a once-in-a-while team. This team is a dynasty in here to stay, J.D.
1: Appreciate the call. Uh, Look, I think this team's got a shot. As good a shot, I think, as anybody that's left in the playoffs at, at winning it. Now, they're going to need things to break right. They're going to need, I think, a little better health than than they've had in this series. The one thing is you start to look forward and just being real. And I know tonight's a lot about feeling good, and it should be. I mean, this was a six-game series that probably felt like ten games uh, just with the, the physicality and the back-and-forth and the toll. The Grizzlies took a pound of flesh from the Warriors. They they banged up Otto Porter they knocked Gary Payton out with the with the brutal, uh, you know, dirty, gutless foul from from Dylan Brooks, and you know is still out. You know, at, at this so so you look at this whole thing, and so they they lost three rotation players essentially in this series, and those are three rotation players in the long battle of attrition in a in a playoff run, and the Warriors find themselves now halfway they're halfway to a championship. Think about that for a second. The Warriors are halfway to a championship tonight. Uh, they have to win as much as they already have again, and now they're banged up. And the one thing I will say uh, moving forward, I do think whoever the Warriors play in the next round and really the next two rounds, and I think Boston or Milwaukee, whoever wins their game seven on, on Sunday is going to win the East. I, I, you know, No disrespect to Miami, but I, I think Boston and Milwaukee are going to win the East. Uh, and they'll play, again, a Game 7 on Sunday, a couple of good Game 7s on Sunday. But if the Warriors play the Mavs or if the Warriors play the Suns, those teams are both better teams than the Warriors just played. Uh, more more polished teams, I think, you know, you look, especially better teams than the Grizzlies without Morant as well as, as this thing kicks on. So I, I do think... You know, the Warriors are – tonight's a great accomplishment. It's a great night. Feel good. Everybody should be should be partying and, and, you know, all in on Clay, all in on Wiggins, all in on Looney. The relief of not having to play a game seven back in, in Memphis. You know, finally throwing the, the Grizzlies out of the playoffs after all the, all the smoke that they were throwing uh, at the Warriors and everything this series uh, entailed. This is just the beginning still. This is, this is the completion of the first half of a championship run, and this series did physically take a toll on the Warriors to the tune of three players now banged up and a bunch of players having to go 40-plus minutes in a game six. So that's not nothing as this thing moves forward. It, you know, And, yes, the Warriors do have four days off before they're going to play. I think it would be a, a tremendous break if the Mavs beat the Suns and the Warriors get to host the Western Conference Finals in Game 1 and Game 2 and have home court advantage. Like Here's the bottom line. If Dallas beats Phoenix, the road to the championship comes through Chase Center because the Warriors would be the only team uh, that they would have home court advantage throughout the, the final two rounds over everybody, uh, over Dallas and over anybody in the East, the Warriors already would. So you could make the case that if Dallas somehow goes in and wins in Phoenix on Sunday night, the Warriors are... At least on paper, if you go by the regular season record, the favorite at that point to win the championship. Now, who's the healthiest now? Who's you know, all of that remains to be seen. The Bucks have championship pedigree. You know, these are all conversations for for the coming weeks here. But I, the Warriors have as good a shot to win it as anybody. But this series definitely took a toll. Uh, Rich Ray next on ninety-five seven. The game. What's up, Rich Ray?
0: J.D., you do a great job. You know, I always got to stay up to hear your take, man. Sometimes I got to get to work the next morning and you just mess me up Uh, the next day. Appreciate it. Real quick. Um, Robin, you know, you should get her in the studio. She's definitely the best caller. And then uh, my two takes. Uh, You know, the Warriors seem to always have a a second gear. You know, they really hang you out on a rope and then they, they, they always seem to come with a second gear. You know, it's just, the quality of a of a championship team, but my real take for tonight is that those rookies, Minga, Poole, uh Poole, uh, just our four Wiseman. I'm sure was watching. Sure, Moody, our other draft yeah. pick. I'm, yeah, you know they got a chance to they they are watching this stuff, and Memphis is coming back for us. They are going to try no to doubt. this trick for the next two or three years. They're coming back. And, you know, we're going to have problems with this. And for these rookies to just see how we just somehow got 70 rebounds. Like, how did that happen? The rookies is like, how did that happen? You know, and that's what builds the next dynasty is these rookies paying attention on the bench. You know, I play basketball at a high level. Them, they need to watch and see what's really going on to carry on this trend and to be able to fight Memphis in the next three to five, like uh, Tom Tober was talking about, like because these guys they're gonna eliminate us at some point. Um, you know I- I'll take I- I'll take you take off the air, man. But yeah, that part.
1: Great. No, that's a good. I, I, that's a great call, Rich Ray. I mean, look, the and and I thought the Grizzlies. There was a pivot point in this series, just from their standpoint, for me, where you know, Game Three got got ugly for them, and the Warriors blew them out. And there was a point where, all right, John Morant's hurt, the Grizzlies just got beat by thirty. Are are they going to punk out now? Are they going to after after you know throwing it at the Warriors and all of the chatter about this and that, and curious about well, who was doing what and Jordan Poole and all the nonsense. Like the Grizzlies were caught up in the nonsense, I thought, and that was another advantage. Warriors in the first half of this series, as we start to extrapolate it out, as to you know what were the big keys. The, the Warriors were, they they were they got the Grizzlies caught up in, in in the other stuff, and I think that was the the biggest key to the first half of the series. But then there was a point where the Warriors, you know, the question of the series was, uh, could could they at that point. Were they gonna just tap out? Were they gonna punk out? Were they gonna get blown out in game four and and go back home and lose four to one in this series? And I think the Grizzlies saved face because they didn't because of the way they played in game four and because of the way that they played in game five and thumping the Warriors and because of the way they were competitive in, in game six tonight and going out without their star player. Like that that to me tells you that they have the ability to, to come back again. And so, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think they are going to be a force to, to be reckoned with over the years. And there is a little bit of that, you know, little brother, big brother. Or, you know, maybe you play a team once and, and, and they beat you and then you play them again and maybe they beat you and then you play them the third time and then and then it flips. And then that team becomes the team. We'll see. Uh, because the Warriors are obviously getting getting on and, and they're gonna need those younger players to, to battle at some point with the guys that the Grizzlies are rolling. So let us keep it moving. Eight at eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero. Uh John Dickinson here inside Chase Center. Warriors wrap it up uh, as they beat the Grizzlies one ten to ninety six here to take a uh, take the series four games to two and on to the Western Conference finals. Uh, let's uh, keep it rolling. We have Maggie in Fairfield next on 95 7, the game. Hey, Maggie. Maggie, you there?
9: Hey, hey
10: yeah. Can you hear me?
1: Hey. Loud and clear, Maggie. How are you doing tonight?
10: Oh, yeah. We just think it was a monster of a game. Like, cannot believe after that blowout. Uh, game five, we were in the Oakland A's stadium and caught it tonight, uh, caught the A's, they lost, but (laughs) caught the end of the Warriors game and they won and it was amazing. The dribbling and the shooting and just like, they slayed it. It was amazing. (laughs) Cannot Just a feel good night. Just a feel good night. Exactly. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, appreciate the call Maggie. Thank you very much uh, for checking in. Uh, don't don't make it your last call. 8889579570. Uh as the Warriors get the victory here uh on 95-7 the game and yeah, just a, a lot of different you know, for playing an 8-man rotation, you could really make a, a case that that everybody in their own way, especially the the five starters really just put a, a positive imprint uh, on the ball, on the ball game. And you know, Jordan Poole not his best series as it went on, but but Jordan Poole helped the Warriors in uh, the the first couple of games of this series. He helped them get a, you know, really two of their first four wins. He helped them he helped them get. Now, he struggled as this series went on, and I, I think you know championship pedigree gets thrown around a lot, but tonight really is a championship pedigree game. You you've got Draymond you know going fourteen, fifteen, and eight. You've got Steph getting it going early and, and really putting the Grizzlies to bed. You've got Game 6 Clay. You've got Kavon Looney setting a tone with the 22 boards. And then you got Andrew Wiggins, uh, you know, a newbie not without the championship pedigree, but playing like a dude with the championship pedigree uh, with everything that he did defensively and everything he was able to do uh, as far as just some timely, timely buckets and – yeah, there was a point when it was eighty-seven, eighty-six before the Warriors closed it at, at twenty-three, ten. Where you're thinking, "My goodness, is this thing? You know, it's just you almost just had to take a deep breath in the building, like, oh, this this whole series has been like this." And then, right in that moment, the Warriors were able to to make the the one final push. And, and put the Grizzlies away. You are listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM, and HD1 San Francisco, and Odyssey Station. We're brought to you by DuckDuckGo, Privacy Simplified, John Dickinson, Inside Chase Center. Uh, let's keep it rolling on the phones. The people want to talk. Ricky in Boston next on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Ricky?
10: Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing?
1: Doing well, man. What's on your mind?
10: Awesome, man. Listen, I'm happy. You know, obviously you know that huge Klay Thompson fan, you know, I was, you know, I called you this whole week and I was kind of hard on Clay. you know, it was just frustrating to see Clay, you know, being a shell of himself, you know, cause you know, I just, I was, you know, I was hoping this kind of Clay when he came back, realistically, I knew I wasn't going to get it. You know, there was times during the season he gave you big games, you know, the Milwaukee game, the Nets game, the Lakers game, but it was never consistent. I just want this, to lead to being consistent, you know, throughout the playoffs and hopefully the championship. If Clay plays like this, you guys are not, you guys won't lose. You guys are winning the championship by far, right? And, you know, I just, another thing. Do you think, you know, um, Coach Brown, you know, had his own game strategy? What I mean by saying that is like, I know the last couple of games, he probably took Steve strict strategy, right? Playing, you know, 10 people, 11 people. Today, you know, he only played eight people, right? And Clay played 42 minutes. I think that's really impressive, actually, to be honest with you. And, you know, if Mike Brown does that and if Steve Kerr does it, I think that's a better, you know, game plan in my opinion. All right, man. Thank you, man. God
11: bless.
1: Bye. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for the call, Ricky. Uh, look, Mike Brown addressed this in his postgame press conference. I know we've had a lot of calls, so we haven't gotten to the, the Mike Brown audio, so I'll just, I'll just paraphrase it. He said it was planned tonight. And, look, Steve Kerr would have played eight tonight. I mean, I think that's pretty clear. And Mike Brown's made it pretty clear that, that Steve Kerr still running the show uh, as far as the coaching meetings and everything, even as he continues to, to, to deal with, with COVID uh, and, and the positive tests that came up uh, before game four. So I think, look, it, they were down three rotation players, and the question is, are you going to play at that point, maybe the tw- maybe the ninth or the 10th, 11th, and 12th guys on your roster or the 11th, 12th, and 13th guys on your roster? Or are you just going to play eight. And the Warriors chose to play eight, and I think you extend the minutes a lot like you extend your closer in baseball, where, you know, in playoff games, closer's not just pitching the ninth. Your closer might be pitching, you know, one out in the eighth, two outs in the eighth. It might be pitching in the seventh because that's the that's the, the biggest outs of the game. The Warriors did that tonight with their with their closers. They, they ran – I think there was a point where Looney played 17 minutes in a row. Uh, to, to finish the game. I mean, when has he done that all year? Well, you do that because you're trying like hell to avoid a a Game 7 and go back. You go all in and say, we're going to push it to the max to not go back to Game 7, to get four days off to recover and rest. The issue is you can't do that every game in a playoff series, especially once a playoff series starts rolling and it starts rolling every other day and you got a little bit of an older team. So sometimes you do it by necessity, and sometimes doing it by necessity can lead to, you know guys wearing down uh, in terms of maybe injury or guys wearing down in terms of of performance. Uh, Clay came through in the biggest moment, but I think the question is can the Warriors win it if Clay has two games like tonight and like maybe the game 1 that he had in a seven game series? You know, can, can they win it if he only has three games out of six or seven like that? Can they you know can they win if Jordan Poole only has two good games out of six? Like that's that's the more realistic question because the truth is nobody in the playoffs really is gonna have every game like, like tonight where you're making eight three pointers. It just doesn't happen. Joe and San Jose next on 95.7 the game. Hey Joe Hey what's going on? I, I want to, give a on, shout out
6: to Memphis they 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 really, you know, they made the Golden State Warriors look in the mirror and say, you know what, we're not done. We're not done,
3: so let's get on our feet and go out there and earn this one and go to the next round. But I don't believe there's a team in the NBA that can stop this team. They're up by two or three. Next thing they're up by 14. It just comes when it wants to come. And you can't stop it. And the NBA can't stop it. It's just going. Pool's going to go, and Clay's going to go. And even if they don't go all together, they each got two games. So that's six games, and you only got to win four. Have a good night, my man.
1: Oh, that, and that and that's exactly how it's probably going to look, Joe, if if the Warriors are going to win it. It is going to be, hey, can you get two of the three on a given night and then do a lot of the other little things? Have Kevon Looney be an ultimate glue guy as he was tonight. Have Otto Porter be the ultimate glue guy in a couple of games as he was in this series. Look, Otto Porter was not the story tonight because he was unavailable, but Otto Porter Jr. was a major story in this series, and you look at you know, going into tonight, there was some significant concern as far as as Otto Porter and him not being available because the Warriors, were, the Warriors were plus 45 with Otto Porter on the floor in the series and minus 55 with Otto Porter not on the floor in the series. Think about that. There's a 100-point swing with Otto Porter on the floor versus not on the floor from plus 45 to minus 55 with him off the floor. So that that was a little dangerous for the Warriors tonight, but they got it done and they got it done with the collective effort of of a lot of the players that we've been talking about. And they got it done overcoming just another brutal night in terms of turnovers. I mean seventeen turnovers. You know, that and the Grizzlies showing some moxie and an ability to hit the three pointer the three point shot themselves allowed the Grizzlies to, to hang in the game until uh, down the stretch, the Warriors were able to clean up some of the turnovers, and then they pushed away from the Grizzlies uh, and, and pushed toward the 23-point make mark of the night, 20 of 53 to the Grizzlies, 15 for 36. Omar in Walnut Creek next on 95.7 The Game. 8 at 8, Hey, Omar. Hey, how are you? I'm good, man. What's on your mind? Hello? What's going on, Omar? Yeah,
3: uh, you know we, we're just on the uh, we're on the way back from the game uh, right now, and I just want to talk about how the Warriors—they're sticking with it uh, even after eleven, I think eleven turnovers in the first half. Uh, we were still up two points. It just shows like the veteran team that we have. Yeah, Grizzlies don't have John Morant, um, but they're also a rough, gritty young team that honestly, has a very bright future, and honestly, I can see them winning it someday. Uh, I think they have, like, a 20-5 and record without John Morant, something like that. Um, But, yeah, it just shows the experience by the Warriors uh, moving on in this series, even after – I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit worried coming into this game just because of the momentum the Grizzlies had after that last game, 52 points. Um, But to stick with it, even after 18, 19 turnovers, I think, and to pull out, it's a pretty big game. So we're looking, hopefully, the Mavs pass. Uh, but I think we need GP2 in that series, even if Mavs or the um, Phoenix Suns pass. So we'll see what happens.
1: Yep, thanks, Omar. Look, either way, I think the Warriors are going to face a tougher opponent in the next round, even if it is the Mavs. I mean, Luka Doncic is no joke, all right? And I know the Warriors at times have, have done better against the one-man band kind of teams where you know, one guy's handling it a lot. The Warriors were, were better, frankly, in this series with John Morant being a one-man band. And the Grizzlies were able to get I, – I think that threw the Warriors in the middle of this series uh, to the point where I think – the way they were going to defend Morant was such a big part of the game plan that I think it threw him for a couple of games when, when he was out. And yeah, the Grizzlies were twenty and five in the regular season, and they wound up uh, what twenty one and six coming into the game tonight, and they finished the year twenty one and seven. Luke Man in Fairfield. Let's keep moving on the phone lines eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Hey, Luke Man.
3: Hey, what's up, man? How you doing?
1: Good, man. Doing well.
3: Awesome. Thanks for taking my call, J.D., big fan. Um, on my way home with my girlfriend from the elimination game, you know, because we had to take them, teddy bears, out the playoffs, put them back on the shelf because, <laughs> you know, they squeaking too much. they talking too much. They don't know their place. They will be great, but they got to earn it. And they, they couldn't do it against our boys because our guys are champions. Wiggins, with the energy tonight, was great. Curry at a three and it really had the place rocking and i think it was the three that is going to really make chase center a poppin' place i think it's going to sound different from here on out and i i honestly can't wait for the conference finals whoever we take on if it's if it's the, the diva boy or or the little the little mad guy you know in arizona that just can't get it done cuz we going to keep him from getting it done thanks jd
1: Appreciate it, uh, Luke, man. Let's uh, let's keep it moving with Andrew and Hayward next at 95.7 The Game. Hey, Andrew.
6: Guys, thank you so much. What a thriller of a game. You were talking earlier about distractions, about the Grizzlies getting focused on, you know, Jordan Poole yanking a knee, and, of course, he's exonerated with this whole bone burn thing. And I think the latest was in Game 5, uh, Draymond's got a bad look. Uh, dancing to whoop that trick at the end of the show. And just none of that is basketball. And then to turn around and get a game where you beat them with rebounds, with Kavon and Steph grabbing boards over guys that are so much bigger than them. Just absolute demonstration of the heart and integrity of the team. I guess the thing that worries me is the turnovers. And there's so many instances where it's like Poole Wiggins or even Steph they don't quite turn it over, but they lose the handle for a second. They get it back, turns into a sloppy possession. Um, and just got to tighten that up. I feel like we can beat the Mavs. I feel like we can shut down Chris Paul. It reminds you of those old, you know, Warriors Rockets matchups when they feel that Harden in Chris Paul. And I'm very optimistic for the future of this team.
1: Yeah, thank, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. eight uh, 957 Thank you, Andrew and Hayward. And, and look, the. There were a lot of different facets to this series, as, as any playoff series has. And you just you look at game one, both teams are shooting the three-ball well, uh, but the Warriors were able to, to win the battle in the paint. They, they won the battle on the rebounds. And, and, and that was the early, the early stretch of this series. They were you know, Morant was getting his, but nobody else was getting theirs. And then the Grizzlies got caught up, and then they lost Morant. And then Stephen Adams came back, and there was an adjustment there. And then they they played a, a better team ball and much better defense and much more physically with Adams back in there and with Morant out and and sort of their defensive lineup. And then the Warriors had to adjust to that. But but one of the massive stories of this series for the Warriors in their wins, Andrew, is exactly that. With respect to it, it's the the Warriors beat the Grizzlies at the Grizzlies' own game in this series. They beat them in the paint multiple times. They eviscerated them on the boards tonight and beat them on the boards multiple times in this series. That's why the Warriors, as much as anything, are are on to the the conference finals to take on either the Suns or the Mavs beginning on Wednesday night. Akeel in Dublin next on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Akeel.
4: Hey, man, thanks for taking my call. Um, You know, that last stretch, you know, when um, uh, the second play after Wiggins took the ball away from Brooks and Brooks turned it over, when Draymond was on the fast break, the first thing I thought to myself was, oh, man, he's about to turn the ball over again. I mean, that was the story of the (laughs) game. But, um, you know, that last stretch showed the veteran experience of this team. And it also showed how impactful Steph Curry is. Because on two or three of those plays, they overcommitted to Steph Curry big time. And that left Clay, Draymond, all these other guys wide open in the fourth quarter. And, um, you know, as long as Steph Curry is our core, part of our core, along with Clay and Draymond, you know, we can always be optimistic that this team will pull out a victory. Um, You know, shout out to the Grizzlies. They're a great team. They're going to be good next year. But, um, you know, I'm happy. And uh, before I go, just say go Mavericks because I'd rather play the Mavericks and the Suns in a seven-game series in the next round. Um, You have a good night. Thank you.
1: Thanks. Appreciate it, Akil. I, I think you're rooting for Dallas if you're a Warriors fan, no doubt. You get the home court advantage. You're playing a team that, that is a one-man band uh, in a lot of ways, and I know Jalen Brunson's played terrific, and Finney Smith has played terrific, and Dinwiddie was a handful. Look, the, 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 that's not to say the Mavs are a pushover by any any stretch of the imagination. and They've been a handful on on the sons in in this series i mean that's why they're going to play game seven on on sunday at five o'clock pacific time down in the valley to figure out who the warriors opponent is is going to be but i i think yeah you want to you want the home court you want the road to have to go through chase center as far as getting to the finals and you take your chances on on that and if it winds up being phoenix then whatever you know, that's the as the rally towel in Memphis said, you know, ain't ain't ducking no smoke. I don't think the Warriors are ducking any smoke if it winds up being the Suns. But it would it would lead to a different trajectory as far as that series goes with the first two games on the road and the pivot point games, game five, game seven, if necessary to, to be played on the road as well. Uh Raven in San Francisco next on ninety five seven the game. Hey Raven.
11: Hey, um, I just want to point out how with the Nuggets as well as the Grizzlies, how they resorted to playing bully ball, you know, some of that wasn't physicality. It was more like, you know, like when Bane went toward Damian Lee it looked like he had intentions to just mow him down. And it, And, you know, just for a young team, they're so young. And then the Warriors have, like, what, maybe three or so players in their 30s. And for a team that young and talented to have to resort to playing that type of ball where we, you know, even the Nuggets, where we have to do this in order to beat them. So I just thought it was a big deal that the Warriors overcame that and they never resorted to, like, just trying to mow somebody down. But they just win, you know, with pure skill and talent. Uh,
1: that's a great call. Pure, it was skill and talent, and also look, the Warriors held their own in terms of the bully ball too. I mean, let's just let's just let's just call it real. And I mean, the, the Warriors held their own in this series in terms of physicality and pushing back, and you know, some of those screens that Looney was setting tonight, that Robin was pointing out earlier, Draymond locking up with with Stephen Adams. Like, the Warriors didn't run from the physicality, but the the reality is that's the playoffs (laughs) and you know Denver Denver didn't have the personnel to do it the way the Grizzlies did and I actually don't think in some ways the Suns have the personnel quite like the Grizzlies do in terms of the guys that are just brutal and and a lay wood to you and and also be able to chase you around with the athleticism and the and the speed Uh, the Suns have a, a very good defensive team when they're on they got a lot of good wing players Dallas has some good wing players and, and some guys that can defend, and I think they will play very physically, as any Jason Kidd coach team would. But I think you could make the case in some ways that not playing the Grizzlies anymore is going to be a little bit of a breath of fresh air for the Warriors, but playing the Grizzlies and, 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 and beating the Grizzlies, didn't, it didn't come free right six playoff games with incredible intensity and you lost three rotation players along the way that you're going to have to work back into the fold it's not as if you win this series and you take a deep breath and you're you're whole again and you're just and and you're you know you're you might be reinvigorated from the 4 days off but you start over with a little bit less in the tank than you had at the beginning of that second-round series when this thing started 13 days ago on that Sunday afternoon, May the 1st, uh, at FedEx Forum. Uh, One-wheel Phil next on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, one-wheel Phil? Hey, J.D., thank you for having me. Uh, Long-time listener, uh, first-time caller. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate Um, it.
3: So I kind of want to talk about uh, Thrive City and just the overall vibe of the Chase uh, Arena tonight. Um, I thought the fans brought it. Um, So I want to shout out Dub Nation uh, for bringing the energy, and we're going to need you for the fans that go inside the game. We're going to need you. I'm challenging you to bring it for this next series. Let's keep the energy up, and let's keep it going. Last thing, um, I believe a caller earlier today, I was listening to Ray Rado um, and Damon Bruce, and they said every time Draymond scores and he has a good game, we win. So shout out Draymond, shout shout out Looney. Again, thank you, J.D., for
1: having me. Have a good night. Appreciate it, one-wheel Phil. From Phil, we go to Jonathan in Oakland on 95.7 The Game. We'll go rapid fire here. We're just rolling. We're just rolling here on a Friday night. Who who needs to take a commercial break? Well, Sterling's probably saying in the studio and everybody, like J.D., you've been going for an hour for crying out loud and haven't taken a commercial break. But Who needs a commercial break when the people want to talk? Jonathan, you're next here on 95.7 The Game.
5: Thanks. Um, yeah, I just w- I've just been putting this on hold because I wanted to make sure until the Warriors actually got there, but who we want to take in the Western Conference Finals, if it's going to be t- – I've been wanting to go against Chris Paul the whole – I've been saying it before the postseason. But now <laughs> I'm thinking might as well be Dallas because I don't think I want to see Chris Paul even make it to the finals. I don't want to see him get any flowers at all now. And I just wanted to see what you, you felt about that.
1: Well, look. If I'm a Warriors fan, I'm 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 wanting the Mavs to be on, and just just I'd rather have home court. I keep it pretty simple. I know I've I've talked a, a lot. You know, Doncic is such a focus, as, as tremendous as he is, and he's only going to be getting better over the years. I do think the Warriors have a better shot at going up against a team that has the one guy that has the ball in his hands a lot. I think over the years they've been able to take those players away. And I just feel for as good as the Mavs are, and they're they're peaking, they're playing excellent basketball, at least, well, in some of these games, the home games at least, in this series against Phoenix. They've got some wing players that can compose some problems as well. Uh, I think the Mavs, with the home court advantage, that's the path of least resistance. But as far as, you know, seeing Steph and Chris Paul again, seeing the Suns who got to the finals last year, seeing the Suns who think, you know, that they now have some kind of pedigree uh, attached to them, even though they didn't win the championship last year, you know, them trying to fight to get back. I mean, if the Warriors beat the Suns, the Suns may not win a chip with, with Chris Paul. But, you know, they, they had the second-best record and didn't win it last year with a 2 nothing lead and ran it back and had the best record in the NBA this year. If you knock the Suns out this year, like that that might be a wrap because Chris Paul ain't going to be around forever at the level that he's at, and their young players, as talented as they are, are not equipped to win a championship without Chris Paul playing at an extremely high level. So their timeline's a little bit off in a way if he starts to dip or starts to have more injury issues of his own. Lady is next on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Lady.
9: Hey, good Lady, evening. are you there? How
1: are you? Hey, doing well, lady. Good, go go good. ahead. The floor is yours.
9: Good. So I'm just, you know, I hear uh, you included, everybody talking about how well, you know, of a game or a series that um, that Memphis played. And, and true enough, they did. But the Warriors went in there and they did what they had to do. And I'm just, I'm still bitter over the whole Brooks and GP2, you know, um, flagrant, and GP2 getting hurt and everything. So I'm just so thankful that the Warriors got in there and did what they had to do. Um, uh, Clay, he did what he had to do. Draymond Wiggins, everybody. And I'm just – I want to give a shout-out to all the Bay Area fans out there that didn't make it to the game, all the people out at Cafe Envy, Shears Barbershop, all the true Bay Area Warrior fans that just support the Warriors day in and day out, and I'm just I'm just happy that they went in there and did what they had to do. You guys have a good night.
1: Thank you, lady. Appreciate it. And I know a lot, you speak for a lot of Warrior fans as far as the Dylan Brooks, Gary Payton II the deal. There's no question about it. Uh, Bob in San Jose is next here on 95.7 The Game, and then I promise we'll take a break. Uh, still time for some more phone calls, but, Bob, you'll close out this uh, one hour of fury here commercial-free on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Bob?
3: Well, man, thanks for taking my call. First time at Chase Center. Couldn't have been a better first time. I got to take my son. We've grown up watching the Warriors. He's in his 20s now. And I'm most appreciative. I just want to express my gratitude to this team for living up to their strength in numbers moniker. It's not just a marketing statement. It's We all know we be- we're the Warriors are beloved because of how they play when they play smart and when they do it right. And to see them get second-chance points and to, to beat it on the board, which they're not necessarily known for, was just, just awesome. Just absolutely awesome to see. And, and good for them for knocking that chip, you know, what could have been a chip on their shoulder after such a uh, you know emaciating loss in the last game. So just couldn't be happier.
1: Thanks for the call, Bob. 888 uh, 957 Still time for some phone calls. We'll get to some text messages as well. We'll hear from Mike Brown and uh, try and get a, a few players in here between now and midnight. That's right, we're keeping it rolling to midnight. Warriors beat the Grizzlies one ten to ninety six, and they are on to the conference finals. And you heard it all right here on ninety five seven. The game. Draymond wants to run, bounce, pass over to Curry for a three. It's good! It's good!
3: Warriors up six. Timeout, Memphis. Now back to Warriors wrap up on ninety-five-seven. The game.
1: John Dickinson inside Chase Center. Tim Roy on the call there. Warriors get it done tonight, improving to six and zero now in the postseason at home. As uh, they win it 110-96, to 96, four games to two in the series. It's on to the conference finals, which will begin on Wednesday. We don't know against who, and we don't know where uh, at this point. Uh, I know the Warriors did release after the game uh, the statement that uh, single game tickets for the conference finals are going to go on sale on Saturday. So tomorrow, uh, exclusive pre-sale before becoming available to the general public on Sunday. So there's an exclusive pre-sale tomorrow, and then they go on sale to the general public on Sunday the 15th at 10 o'clock. So uh, you know, stay tuned for, for all of the info on that. And, and we do know, uh, if you're trying to plan ahead, if, if it's Phoenix, the Warriors that play the first two on the road, the, the, the three home games in the series, uh, if they play Phoenix, would be Sunday the 22nd, Tuesday the 24th, and Saturday the 28th would be game six, two weeks from tomorrow. Uh, If they play Dallas, then it would be the first two games uh, next Wednesday and Friday would be uh, inside Chase Center. And then game five of a Dallas series would be on Thursday, the 26th. And game seven of a Dallas series would be on Memorial Day Monday uh, on May the 30th. So uh, all of those seven dates uh, from, from the 18th to the 30th are all on the board. Obviously, home court advantage, 1, 2, 5, and 7 if it's Dallas, and no home court advantage, 3, 4, and 6 if it winds up being the Suns. You've got to stay tuned and see how the Suns and the Mavs play it out in their Game 7, which got kicked to the evening on Sunday because there's also going to be a Game 7 on the uh, Sunday afternoon between the Bucks and the Celtics uh, in Boston. Joe and Fremont, back to the phones we go here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Joe.
13: Hey, guys. I'm so glad that you allowed me to have an opportunity to talk. Uh, this was my first time at the Chase Center for uh, actual playoff game, and I have to tell you, the environment was absolutely incredible. I've been to Oracle multiple times, and Oracle was a, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I've been there for all different types of games, from the Baron Davis dunk, to the, the mm. winning the finals. It was absolutely incredible. However, I will have to share with you. I've heard people tell me Chasener is not the same. Chaser is slowly but steadily becoming an Oracle mini. I've had a fantastic time. Tonight's game was all about resiliency. Every time the the Grizzlies took an opportunity and seized the game and either tied the game or took a lead in the game, Our guys came, and they they came to play. They came to make those big plays. They drained those three-pointers when it mattered. Game six, Clay, is real. He came, and he delivered at this game. And I am so absolutely incredible and proud to be a Warriors fan and to actually have the opportunity to attend tonight's game. There was a few callers prior to me saying this game was one for all of the folks who could not make the game. That is absolutely right, and I am so thankful again for the opportunity to be able to attend this game. And not only that, but share the experience with everybody listening at this time. So if you ever have an opportunity, please, 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 please make it out to Oracle. Not Oracle, I apologize. Chase Center. <laughs> and be loud, be proud, and have a fantastic time. These guys are playing their hearts out. And, I, man, Looney, 22 rebounds, that's absolutely unheard of. This guy was doing an incredible job tonight, but Clay Thompson, they say kill it, He really came and delivered the game. So thank you, folks. Thank you, 95 to the seven, for taking my phone call. I appreciate this. First-time caller, long-time listener, but I really, really appreciate this, and I can't wait to see what our dubs do in the Western Conference Finals here. I think we have an extremely incredible opportunity to, to win and shut up a lot of these naysayers. It's like, hey, if we're past our prime. We're ready to win we've got the opportunity and i know we can we, we have what it takes so thank you guys for taking my call
1: thanks joe appreciate it really well said as far as the perspective on you know the comparison between oracle and especially if you go back to the we believe era of, of oracle and the first couple of years you know really 14 15 15 16 of of the championship run those are those are once in a generation or once in a lifetime type crowds they, they really are and and there can be great crowds uh, th- that maybe don't match up to, to those crowds because they are so special I think that was that was well said but I think you know the one thing about chase it's it is building its own identity and the only way it builds its own identity uh, you know the 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 Bulls back in their day moved from the old Chicago Stadium to United Center and they had won three championships at at United Center, and then they ended up winning three championships, or they won at Chicago State, and they ended up winning three at United Center, the Lakers that won all those championships in the Forum, and it took a while. Staples, it took a while, uh, and, then, and then Staples and now crypto and all of that. like they, you know it, it built its own atmosphere and ambiance over, over time. So I think this thing, you know, it's still in the infancy stages, and look, the Warriors haven't lost a game in this building, in the playoffs yet. So I think that's that's got to count for something here as they uh, move forward on, on this run. Uh, that guy in Oakland next year on 95-7 the game. What's going on, that guy?
12: Hey, good evening, J.D. I appreciate you taking my call. Um,
1: hey, yeah, no, you're absolutely right.
12: Um, Bob Myers even said that. He said, you know, memories and, and stadiums don't get their identity until the postseason starts. So, And, and that's where the memories and, uh, you know, the... the Things are, are, are happening in, in the postseason. But, hey, just a few comments on, on uh, the Warriors tonight. It was unbelievable that they came back and, and showed everyone, you know, the heart of the champions here, so to speak. Not just the victory, but Looney as well. You know, he he, he rose to the occasion. Uh, you had the veterans lobby, lobbying to get him in, Draymond and Curry to get him back in the starting lineup, and he showed up in a big way. So, You know, I want to say congratulations. As fans, we appreciate them. We appreciate the players, the coaching staff, Brown. You know, everyone was saying, oh, he's lucky to have the Sacramento job after getting blown out. You know, and so all those guys put it together that, you know, they they didn't hear the noise and they said, hey, let's get this done at home Friday night, Friday the 13th. And congratulations to the, the, the Warriors themselves. And, and everyone that, that makes up that, that management staff. And so we appreciate that. But going forward, uh, I'd like to get your take on uh, if Iguodala comes back and uh, Otto Porter Jr. And, of course, I don't think GP2 is coming back unless they go to the finals. So uh, are those two guys, is Iguodala going to be able to come back and is uh, Porter Jr. going to be able to come back? And Steve Kerr, by the way, is he due back? On Wednesday, if that happens, once again, I appreciate it, JD. You have a great night. I appreciate you taking calls till midnight. Be safe, brother.
1: Yep, appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Uh, that guy in Oakland checking in here. As far as a couple of those, you know, Iguodala, I know he was uh, ruled out a couple of days ago for the for the game today. Uh, I, I think the Warriors are hopeful that they can maybe get Igadala back at, at, at some point. Uh, in, in the conference finals. Uh, yeah, Gary Payton the second is, is probably going to be toward the back end of the conference finals or, or they'd have to get to the NBA finals. And Steve Kerr, I think, was going to be iffy if they had to go play the game seven. Uh, I really do, uh, just based on the on the timing of, of everything. But I think he's got a pretty good shot. And look, nobody really knows. And, and it is kind of a private matter. No, like nobody knows. I know he's been involved in a lot of these coaches meetings. Everybody's handled COVID uh, differently. But I do think if you just look at the timeline for when you know, he, he tested positive on Monday, so you go back to that was the 9th, and then we're going to be talking about the conference finals beginning on the 18th. So he's right around that 9 or 10-day mark. So assuming that he's had relatively mild symptoms, uh, then you know maybe that, that's right around that 10-day mark from, from a positive test to where somebody can get back, and, and, and if he's already feeling better, you know, I, I think I, I think he's got a shot in, in 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 terms of as long as everything's going well, maybe being back for Game One uh, of of the Conference Finals. Uh, let's go to Chris and San Leandro next year on 95.7 The game, hey Chris.
13: JD, this is the first playoffs at Chase Center, and it has the ingredients for a magical run. I just got to say that that. That I've been at Chase Center for three playoffs games so far, and it has been loud. It has been rocking. And I got a question for you, though. Um, When you look around the league, Luka, uh, Tatum, Giannis have had these spectacular takeover games. Um, While Steph's numbers have been solid and great, he hasn't had that takeover game yet. Does he need to, or... Are we such a well-balanced team that he doesn't even need to have that wow, that incredible game? Thanks for taking my call, JD.
1: He's gonna to need to have a couple of them between now. If they're gonna win the championship, he's gonna to need to have a couple of them. And I'll bet you, if the Warriors win the championship, and we're talking about, you know, a month from tonight or something like that, I'm just picking a, a, a date out of the hat. I think that'd be maybe game, I don't know, game five, game six, somewhere in there in the, in the NBA finals. But anyway, you pick a date uh as far as as yeah game five actually would be a month from tonight on the 13th of June but uh, if you if you pick he's gonna he's gonna have to have at least two of those dominant games I think and and maybe three if we're going to be talking about the Warriors winning an NBA championship but they are a balanced team that have been able to been able to overcome it's been able to be a little bit of these two guys this night and those two guys the, the next night and getting a little bit of, of the intangibles from, from a lot of different players as well. But, no, he's, he's absolutely going to have to have it if we're going to be talking about the Warriors winning a championship. All right, let's get to our shot of the game, which is presented by the County of Santa Clara. Curry on Jackson step back it's a three no good Looney offensive rebound touch pass to Thompson finds Curry Curry dribble drive behind the back in traffic no look pass batted away goes right to Looney that's a break Looney stops in the paint the Draymond handoff Curry deep three on the way with one on the clock back rim miss Looney again finds Thompson loads up a triple good it's madness just madness Madness indeed, with Tim Roy on the call there, as uh, the Warriors, you know, the ball movement was there, the offensive rebounding was there, and I thought the Warriors, you know, down the stretch at least in this one, with so many careless turnovers, uh, in in this game and, and over the course of this series, they were able to attack the paint and and with a little bit more of the drive and kick game, uh, at at you know in the in the closing moments to get some some better looks that that helped them. Uh, Put this thing over the top. That among them there, uh, and that is our shot of the game, presented by the County of Santa Clara. Book a COVID-19 booster shot now at sccfreevax.org, or you can call 211. All right, let's hear a couple of minutes of Mike Brown uh, post game downstairs. A lot of good sound bites from, from Mike Brown uh, in the postgame press conference. We'll also hear from Clay Thompson. Uh, as uh, the Warriors get the job done winning this series in six. Here is the acting head coach of the Dubs, Mike Brown.
14: They took us to the brink in this series. There were a lot of games that you can literally take a coin and just kind of flip it up, and it can go either way. And so my hat goes off to Taylor and his group of players, as well as the organization, because uh, they're going to be around for a long time. Next, man, Loon, what a game. Holy moly. 22 boards. I don't when was the last time somebody had 22 boards?
5: Larry Smith was the last playoff game, like an 87.
14: It's fantastic. I think what's more impressive than the 22 boards is I think I ran him 17 straight minutes. And I kept looking at him because after the first five, he looked like he was dying. Then the next two, he looked like he was worse. I don't know if he'd get any worse. And then every minute after that, I was just saying, Loon, hold on. Loon, hold on. And he did. Clay, you guys have been around here a while. You know how Clay is with game sixes. What a what a time to step up tonight. Uh, he was fantastic. Uh, not only, you know, you look at his shooting, he had eight boards, and that was one of the things that we stressed was our guards got a rebound. He had eight boards, and on top of that, you know, we, we one of the adjustments we made, we felt like we wanted to put a bigger body on Bain, and um, he not only scored 30 shooting 11 for 22, but he chased Bain around all night. That's no easy task. Wiggins, Draymond. Between the two of them, it's 26 rebounds. And I said to you guys before, when we win the rebound game and the possession game, we give ourselves a chance to win the game. And Draymond with his 16, Wiggs with his 10, Clay with his 8, and then obviously Lone with That is remarkable against a team of that size and, and, and that athleticism. Obviously, Steph is Steph. the last thing I'd say is we played two guys uh, that, that don't get a ton of minutes. And uh, w- one of them, uh, obviously, is, is D. Lee. He was fantastic. The next one is Belly. It's it's hard to sit for as long as he has and throw him in during crucial minutes in a closeout game, and he was fantastic. We were down, and I think he came up with a one or two uh, offensive rebounds that got us jumpstarted a little bit, that energized us. So those two guys. It's you know Steve said it from day one. It's about next man up. Those two guys did it and uh, really helped us get the win.
15: You ever seen 70 rebounds in a game total?
14: I don't think so. I I'm looking at the 25 offensive rebounds and I I, st- I it doesn't look right to me still. So let alone 70.
15: How debated was the Looney start, uh, and and why did you end up <clears throat> deciding to go with it?
14: It was debated a little bit, but the reality of it was it was Draymond's call. Draymond and Stephs and It's our job to give our players confidence. And they looked us all in the eye and said, that's where we're going to get our confidence. They've done it before. Draymond has carried this organization for years with his hard hat. You know, obviously Steph and Clay with their shooting, but what Draymond does, it's unbelievable. And Steve is going to roll with Draymond no matter what what he says and what the outcome is.
5: Did you almost coach this like a game seven? I mean, um, Andrew played 42 minutes or whatever, Draymond and all these. I mean, was that feeling like that uh, in in, in your mind to make sure you just went everybody gave everything they had?
14: This is the first time on my minute sheet this year that I had guys log for 40-plus minutes. So we didn't want to go back to Memphis.
5: Wiggins certainly, you know, has not quite been through something like this. Everybody's curious. You think there was a curiosity to see what he would do and what did you think of? certainly in the the whole game, but the last seven minutes when you went with that starting lineup to close, what did you see from him?
14: I saw a resiliency that, you know, most people didn't think he had, especially when he was in Minnesota. I mean, he, he stepped up. He was picking up full court. He was switching and keeping bigger guys off the glass. He just sat down and dug in for us. And that was the same thing that he did. It was a game four for us at the end of the game. So he's showing up in big moments. And I hope he gets his due credit because he was huge for us this series.
0: Mike, you've been around Clay Thompson a long time. What do you think this moment meant to him uh, to be able to play like this and, you know, in the game he's known for and kind of get back to himself?
14: When I went to give him a hug, you know, I was ready to tell him just, you know, I went to say, I love you and great job. I started saying that. It was crazy. The only thing he said was, Mike Brown, I'm going to miss you next year when you're in Sacramento. I'm going to miss you yelling at me, telling me to get back on transition defense. I said, okay, Clay. (laughs) So that's Clay. He just, he expects to go out there and play great. We expect him to go out there and play great. But the thing that he did tonight offensively, in my opinion, I still need to go back and watch the tape. I thought the shots that he took were great shots. They were fantastic. And one of the things that Steve always preaches is good to great. He was on point tonight with his shots.
15: Is this the loudest you've ever heard at Chase Center? What do you think of the atmosphere overall?
14: It was loud. I I tell you, though, sitting in that seat for Steve Kerr, uh, you just, you, you don't, you don't really hear a lot. You, you're kind of lost in your own world a little bit, you know? So I, I know it was loud, but I, I, it was hard for me to really appreciate, you know?
1: Mike, you mentioned
15: earlier that Steph and Draymond kind of made that call for Kaban to, to start, how, how did, how exactly did that come about? Like, how, did you just ask them directly? How did, how did that manifest? We talked to
14: them on the flight back, you know, and, and actually. The reality of it is we started talking, talking about it during during game five at the end, you know, because we knew going into that game, the one thing we didn't want to do, we didn't want to chase and chase win in that game. As a staff, Steve brought that up to us. He said, don't don't go into the game chasing it. So we knew there could be a little bit of an emotional letdown. The Grizzlies, they're a tough, tough, tough group. Their fans are terrific and their backs were against the wall. So we, we went in trying. You know, obviously with a game plan, trying to get it done. We realized early on that it wasn't. And so, you know, watching the course of the game, especially in the second half, watching different things, started thinking about a few things and r- running it by this guy or that guy or this coach or that coach. And, and then when we got on the plane the next day, I had watched the film and, and I had some ideas and so I ran some of the ideas uh, by those guys and, uh, and they were pretty adamant about it. Uh, at the end of the day, it's Steve's call. And uh, you know Steve, you know you always hear uh, this guy or that guy's a player's coach. Steve's a player's coach, and he's going to roll with his guys because he's got it done with his guys many, many other times before. So it was for for him start or for, for us starting with him, it was no brainer.
11: What worked for Wiggins in the fourth quarter? I mean, he he was responsible for a lot of those offensive rebounds and found hit some really tough shots as well to in the fourth.
14: He was just engaged from jump street this morning during shoot around i knew he'd have a big game because we, we changed our pick and roll coverage and when we made the change Wiggs asked he was like coach you want me to pick up ties jones full court i said "Wiggs, you want to do that for 48 minutes he said i'm locked in i'll do it for 48 minutes you just tell me i said okay we'll pick and choose your spots so when a guy like that comes to you and says that you know he's ready for the task at hand
1: i can and Andrew Wiggins was ready for the task at hand and so for all game 6 clay how about how about game 6 Wiggins and yeah just an incredible quote uh and Mike Brown the, f- the folks in Sacramento are going to enjoy Mike Brown he is a, he is a, a storyteller he lets you, he lets you in a little bit uh you know behind the curtain uh kind of picks and chooses uh but uh, a a quality storyteller uh in Mike Brown and in some of the the moments uh, of levity that that he'll bring to the to the table there and, and laying out uh, just uh, a little bit about Clay Thompson, a little bit there about uh, what was going on tonight uh, with Andrew Wiggins, and yeah, he was just he was just terrific uh, in, in this ball game. And I think that the general theme of of that, and and I think the general theme, just from from reading some of the tweets uh, and and quotes coming out of the post game press conference, Warriors wanted to make sure they didn't go back and have to play uh, with another long flight uh, in between and going back to Memphis. You know, two thirds, three quarters. Way across the country to play another another game seven. I know Clay Thompson addressed that among many other things in his post game press conference. Uh, let's hear from Game Six Clay following the Warriors' victory.
5: So I think Loon said they just expected Game Six Clay. They knew that was coming. Did do uh, you? Is it easy for you?
15: Do you just say okay? Um, now this is the time. Uh, it's something that just comes naturally. I don't go to sleep last night thinking of scoring thirty or shooting the ball well I just was thinking about how far I've come and how grateful I am to have another closeout game at Chase and luckily it was one of my nights and you know carry this momentum into the WCF. Clay did that feel like it used to feel like did, did that feel like uh you know how it used to be out there? It felt better honestly I mean especially the perspective I've gained from the injuries I had to now be able to compete at the highest level and be one of the final four teams uh like um it's a feeling that's hard to describe honestly it's Truly amazing. And it just inspires me to keep going. Cause I think we still have great basketball ahead of us. You have a long list of kind of unsung teammates over, over your career. Where does Kevon Looney kind of rank on that <laughs> list for you and considering yeah. obviously what he did tonight? 22 boards and 35 minutes, probably a season high. And just, we needed every single one of those. Kevon was possibly our MVP tonight. And wow, just, I'm so proud of him. He also had injury problems early in his career, a couple of surgeries. And for him to be out here doing this at the highest Highest level, he's going to be rewarded for it. Hey, Clay, I know each game is unique in and of itself, and there's several years apart. But are there certain things about Game Sixes that burn the best out of you? I have no clue. It's just I just love the moments. I love the pressure. I love playing basketball at the highest level. Uh, our careers, you know, we're not singers. We're not actors. We can't do this till our, our elder years. So. While we're doing it, you just gotta appreciate every single night because it goes really fast. And even tonight, sometimes went fast for us. And I just don't have an answer for you for that. It's just an it's a it's just something you can't quantify. You know, Clay. Speaking of moments, when you hit your last three of the night in the fourth quarter, you got real fired up, mm-hmm. pump, pumped your fist. Can you kind of take us through what that moment was like for you? In- well, thirty sounds way better than twenty-seven. And on top of that, just. Had a lot of pent up energy these last couple of years and to be in a situation and to, you know, kind of seal the game there and just it all came out because uh, I just know how hard it is to get to this part of the season. And it just all came out for me. And to see the sea of Warrior fans, it just it's a moment I just tried to revel in for the few seconds I had.
16: Andrew Wiggins also kind of went through a revitalized season uh, this year. What was it like seeing him be able to do what he did tonight in this kind of closeout game as well?
15: Andrew was special. I mean, his shot wasn't going early, but he made some huge threes for us, huge buckets, double-double, great defense. He has been such a great player for us. He uh, makes an impact on both sides of the ball every night. We would not be where we're at without, without Andrew. And um, I'm just grateful that he had that mindset to keep shooting because he's such a great scorer and he just opens up everything for us when he does that.
11: Clay, Draymond said that they discussed um getting Loon back in the starting lineup to have that physicality and and 70 rebounds, 22 by Looney. And what what do you think of that and the decision that Stefan and Draymond were part of and getting Looney in the starting lineup?
15: Kavan should go by Kavan Luajuan because he was <laughs> really just a freak out there. And um, guy has like elastic arms. You can just stretch, but, I mean, Draymond, Steph, Andre—those guys see the game. They're playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers. And Draymond's like an extension of our coaching staff, so it's Steph. So it doesn't surprise me that they made that call, and moon delivered.
1: Kavon Olajuwon. thats a—that's that, one that might stick for all of the the chatter about nickname lineups and this or that. Kavon Olajuwon. one—that one. That, that one. That one got me, and of course, you know, hearing it come out of the mouth of Clay Thompson, oh, that, that, that only adds to the to the value there. Oh, just spectacular stuff from Clay Thompson post game, and yeah, Game Six, Clay back and in full effect for the first time in nearly three years. All right, that's going to do it for us. We'll call it a night there. Uh, we'll try and get more of the, the post-game press conferences on Warriors this week. Tomorrow, As uh, I'm going to do the quick turnaround and roll uh, right back in uh, 9 a.m. Uh, Alan Stiles is going to be filling in for, for Whitey Gleason, uh, and uh, we'll keep it rolling uh, into the 1 o'clock hour. We'll talk about this series and where it leaves the Warriors now halfway through their journey toward... Uh, an NBA championship, uh, 9 a.m. Uh, for myself and Alan Styles tomorrow morning. Keep it locked right here on 95.7 The Game. Big thanks to Sterling Bennett and to Craig Valentino and to everybody in our San Francisco studios uh, getting the job done, putting all the highlights together and, and getting us on the air and uh, also – uh, cutting up all the post game sound that uh, we get a chance to play for you toward the end of the night. Really, really appreciate the hard work uh, of one and all. So that'll do it for me. Uh, back tomorrow, 9 a.m., back with game one of the Western Conference Finals as uh, Damon and Rado are going to have Warriors live for you. 4.30 on Wednesday. Is it going to be the Warriors playing at Chase Center against the Mavs, or down in the Valley of the Sun against the Phoenix Suns. We'll find out on Sunday. But the one thing we know, the Warriors back in the Conference Finals, and that's because they beat the Grizzlies tonight, one ten to ninety six. And you heard it right here on ninety five seven. The game. Good night. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you are all in the same garage.